The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in Italy, Canada, and Ghana, and in the states of California, Oregon, and Minnesota. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing healthy relationships and wealth so please use these tips my tip for this week is in honor of our topic today discover your creativity you can reconnect with your limitless higher self by discovering what form of creativity gives you joy explore writing dance music art Create just for your own pleasure, self-expression, and self-discovery. If you are concerned about people criticizing you, keep your creative explorations to yourself. In fact, it is usually the fear of our self-criticism or the judgment of others that blocks our creativity or even our willingness to try. 
This topic of creativity is particularly important to me because even as a child, I was told that I had no creative ability. When I took ballet, my father ridiculed me. When I tried to draw or paint, I was told by my parents and teachers that my art was no good because I couldn't do realistic works. When I tried to write creatively, I was told that I should stick to essays or maybe work for a news magazine. I believed my parents and teachers until I was 50, at which point I decided that I had had enough. I refused to have my creativity stifled any longer. I started writing, painting, and dancing. Now I'm an accomplished Argentine tango dancer and have even performed before audiences. I have published creative writing stories and poetry and received praise from Anne Waldman, a poet and colleague of Allen Ginsberg. My artwork is shown internationally and has been on exhibit in numerous museums around the country. And I've sold my hand-painted fashion designs to Mary McFadden, a famous fashion designer from the 60s who was still receiving awards in 2013. And I received praise from Kim Dawson, founder of the well-known modeling agency. When I discovered that I actually had creative talent, I developed a process to help others unleash their own creativity. I realized that if I could do this, we all can create, despite what we've been told. We don't have to publish, perform, or sell our creative works or talents, but we must allow ourselves the joy of self-expression. If we believe that God is the creator and that we were created in God's image and have the spark of God within us, then by definition, we are all creators. We are all creative. One of the saddest stories I ever read was by a woman who had been cleaning out her aunt's attic after she passed away. She discovered a blank piece of paper except for the words written at the top, once upon a time. No one should die with their stories, music, paintings, or heartfelt self-expression still inside of them. And that's why the next workshop I'm doing is called Creativity as Self-Expression. All children are naturally creative. Even Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist as he grows up. This is because as we grow up, we develop inhibitions, fears, and doubts that block us, seal us off from our innate creative self-expression. Creativity takes many forms like writing, art, music, dance, cooking, juggling, and so on. With my help, you will get what you need, and many people will have major breakthroughs that had eluded them until now. We all have our own creative self-expression. Come and unleash yours. In our time together, you will dissolve the hidden blocks to your creativity, discover your unique creative self-expression, move effortlessly from inhibition to freedom, master new techniques to take home with you, leave with new insights, purpose, and energy. As Michelle Walder, a coach and counselor who was a previous participant wrote, Dr. Paula's workshop 
help me get in touch with my own unique style of creativity. Through well-thought-out explorative processes, she encouraged me to express myself fully and authentically without judgment. What a gift. We'll be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas, Sunday, July 17th from 2 to 3.30. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area. And looking ahead, mark your calendar for August 21st when I'll be teaching Introduction to Tarot, Oracle, and Insight Cards. My seminar last Sunday, Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want, was a joy to teach. Each person got individual attention, release of blockages, new inspiration, and forward motion in their life. It was a privilege to work with them. When I get spontaneous hugs at the end, I know I've done something right. I left with gratitude and the fulfillment of having helped others grow, learn, and get more of what they want out of life. And for those of you who want a more positive and fulfilling life, I have a powerful recommendation for you. Immediately upon waking in the morning, set your timer for three minutes and silently repeat these words over and over again. You are love as you are loved. All is love as all is loved. The first word in those two sentences is love, L-O-V-E. The second one is, or the last one is loved, L-O-V-E-D. You are love, L-O-V-E, as you are loved, L-O-V-E-D. All is love, L-O-V-E, as all is loved, L-O-V-E-D. Doing this one thing will bring you more positivity. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity. As we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go, we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, Matthew Fox, who will talk with us about creation spirituality. Last week, we spoke with Frank Joseph about our dolphin ancestors. His vast knowledge and clear respect for dolphins made our conversation absolutely delightful. Most of us have heard of the numerous stories of dolphins saving people, but there is so much more to know about these wonderful beings. Historically, they have connections with people that go back to Atlantis and 
Atlantis and Lemuria. These ancient advanced civilizations really did exist. And according to Frank, dolphins hold knowledge that could save our way of life today by helping us avoid the mistakes that led to those civilizations' destruction. They also have healing capabilities and love playing with children. Frank even shared an experience of being with a dolphin, looking into his intelligent eyes and feeling him telepathically download the knowledge that he holds. Some of this may sound like science fiction, but Frank is more of a researcher who finds the experience he had with the dolphins quite amazing. He even talked about writing the book in four months, whereas some of his books have taken 30 years to write. This book seemed to write itself, and when he he read it, he says he didn't remember having written what he read. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. To listen to this fascinating conversation, I encourage you to go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. My silver lining story today is my client's experience. There are really two stories here. Together, they show how the process of learning how to find the silver linings develops. The first story shows that as she has grown, she has learned to see the silver lining even before the experience has begun. This is a continuation of her story from a few weeks ago. Her contact with the woman who suggested that she might be a good candidate for doing voiceovers led to her participating in the training for this particular kind of work. Even before her first lesson, she told me that she knew this would be good for her, even if it didn't lead to paid work. Because she had been denied a voice as a child and that pattern continued throughout her adult life, this was giving her an opportunity to learn how to use her voice as a powerful tool and be comfortable doing so. She has been developing her inner strength and this is a natural next step. I was thrilled to hear her say this. It was exactly what I had been thinking and not said out loud to her yet, that she saw the value on her own for her personal development was a huge breakthrough. It meant that regardless of the immediate professional outcome, she knew she was growing, gaining new skills, and getting stronger, all of which will eventually lead her to a fulfilling personal and professional life. The second aspect of her story is about the challenges in another part of her life. She was feeling like everything is in chaos and that with all the progress she's made, she doesn't understand why she still has some of the same difficulties she has always had. The truth is that life never becomes free of challenges. How we view those challenges and how we respond to them is the key to the quality of our life. When we feel like a victim, we are helpless, hopeless, and voiceless. When you were actually a victim as a child, it takes a long time to develop the inner strength to respond to your life circumstances from a position of self-empowerment. In fact, this was not a step backwards, it was a step forwards. 
these feelings of victimhood coming to the surface is really a blessing because it gave her the opportunity to heal at a deeper level. Healing happens in layers. When one layer is cleared, we get a break where we process and integrate the new. Then we're ready for the next layer and something happens in our life to bring up feelings that were buried even deeper than what we've already cleared. The pain left to tears, which was a good thing because it meant she was really allowing herself to grieve and let go of the past. The other silver lining is when we can look at the metaphor within the experience. So just like the deeply buried water leaks in my kitchen were related to deeply buried emotional pain from my family history, she had a metaphor in her experience. Hers had to do with needing to redo lighting in her home at the exact time that she is allowing herself to see the truth of what is going on in her own life. In other words, new light is being shed on the relationship in her relationships in her home so she can see more clearly. When we see the message that we are being given, we can see the silver lining and know that what is happening is for our own growth and that we are being lovingly looked out for by our guides, angels, and the positive spiritual forces in the universe. It is not a punishment. It is a gift of healing. When we can see God at work in our lives, we know that we are loved and are being guided and taken care of. Our job is to pay attention, have compassion for ourselves and others, let go of the pain and refill with love. The more we learn to see the big picture, the better we are able to move through life with grace, gratitude, and ease. Our guest today, Matthew Fox, is the author of over 30 books that have been translated into 60 language, a preeminent scholar and popularizer of Western mysticism. He became an Episcopal priest after being expelled from the Dominican order by Cardinal Ratzinger, who later became Pope Benedict XVI. Matthew Fox holds a doctor in spirituality in his 45 years of developing and teaching creation spirituality. He has reinvented forms of education and worship. His books include Meister Eckhart, The Hidden Spirituality of Men, Christian Mystics, and most recently, A Way to God. I am your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. While listening to the commercials, look, l- click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Creativity is Self-Expression, or to schedule one in your area. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Then go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Matthew Fox to talk about creation spirituality. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, 
and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to drpaula.com. Joyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down what creative self-expression you've always wanted to do. I'm so pleased to welcome Matthew Fox to talk about creation spirituality. Welcome. Thank you, Paula. It's good to be with you. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to have you as someone who's mentored me through your books. I appreciate um, getting to have you on my show, and I was wondering if you would um, begin by talking about what inspired you to write about Thomas Merton. Last year was the centennial of Merton's birth, and um, I was invited by the Thomas Merton Center in Louisville, Kentucky, which is very near his monastery. Uh, to come and give a talk on Thomas Merton and myself. And so I did that, but I slipped in Meister Eckhart as well, because Meister Eckhart was extremely important to Merton. He really converted Merton in 1958 uh, through the intervention of Dr. Suzuki, the Japanese Buddhist who brought Zen um, to to North America. And so I, I, wrote, I, I gave this talk, but it was only an hour long, and I had a lot more material for, than for just one hour talk because Merton and I had a, a correspondence and a, an important relationship, too. So I decided, well, I should go more deeply into this relationship between Merton, myself, and also uh, Meister Eckhart. So I wrote this book, and um, I was happy to do it because 
when I was just 16, I read his autobiography, and that influenced me. But when I was in my young 20s, mid-20s, <clears throat> the, my Dominican order uh, sent me to Paris uh, to study spirituality, got a doctorate in it, but um, it was because of Thomas Merton, because I wrote him, and he told me to go to Paris. And so it's thanks to him that all the trouble I've gotten into, I got into because of what I learned in Paris about creation spirituality. And so I kind of owe Merton, you see, so I had to write this book. Well, I'm glad you got into all that trouble because it <laughs> benefited a lot of us, many, Thank many you. people. <laughs> um, so tell us what creation spirituality is. Well, it's a, a tradition. Uh, it's the oldest tradition in the Bible, actually. The J source in Genesis is creation-centered. The wisdom tradition is, and that's the tradition all scholars today agree, is a tradition of the historical Jesus. And it's a tradition of putting original blessing first, not original sin. It's a tradition of, of nature. Uh, wisdom is about finding the revelation in nature, finding God talking to us in nature, and not just in books. Um, though books are, are not to be eschewed, especially not mine. <laughs> and, um, of course, it's feminist because um, uh, wisdom is feminine in the Bible and around the world, and, um, and because it cares about justice. And so it is a tradition that, that stands up for eco-justice and social justice, racial justice, economic justice, and women and gender justice and, and justice toward, um, uh, toward gays and lesbians, too. So it's a tradition that's often got itself in trouble, but it's, it has many prophets in it. Thomas Merton was one, for sure. But also Hildegarde Begin, Thomas Aquinas, Meister Eckhart, they all got in trouble with the church and other authorities as well. Um, Nicholas of Cusa, uh, Julian of Norwich, Mechtel Magdeburg, some great medieval um, mystics and activists, uh, very much of this tradition. Theo de Chardin in the 20th century, Thomas Berry, who was so busy recovering the sacredness of of uh, the new cosmology and, and therefore of the cosmos itself. So it's a, it's a long and, and rich tradition that has often been, um, uh, what should I say, under the radar or, or uh, in trouble. Eckhart got condemned a week after he died, and as a result, he was not taught in, in theology for many, many centuries. Well, it's interesting because you also talk about um, his referring to God as mother and also creativity coming from the divine feminine. Absolutely. The via creativa, the path of creativity, is an essential teaching in this tradition that, the, as, my, as Thomas Aquinas said, the same spirit who hovered over creation at the beginning hovers over the mind of the artist at work. So that's a tremendous affirmation of the vocation of the artist, uh, that the Holy Spirit is still creating, still working through the artist. And really, that's all of us. We are all artists. And uh, that's part of the creation spiritual uh, teaching as well. And um, uh, Merton himself, of course, is an artist in so many ways. First of all, he's a wonderful writer and a wonderful poet. So you can really... Um, express himself uh, succinctly and, and, and wonderfully. But he also uh, did calligraphy. He did photography, took up photography in, in the monastery, and it became a very important contemplative practice for him. He was also an artist with ideas. He was a real intellectual, 
um, and not bogged down by academic uh, niceties because he was in a monastery, not in a university. And he was also a, an artist of friendship. All kinds of people talk about the deep friendships he had. And, um, of course, he was doing correspondence with Pasternak, with Henry Miller, with all kinds of poets from Latin America and others. And um, he was so prophetic insofar as he supported Rachel Carson uh, when her book came out, the first book, really, of an ecological um, uh, uh, thrust. And he, he supported her, even though her, her academic um, uh, colleagues dismissed her and kicked her out of, out of her teaching job in the science department because they said she was um, an hysterical woman. Uh, interested in bunnies and trees or something like that. Whereas Merton wrote her and said, this is wonderful, your book. Because of your book, we will cease using DDT on our monastery our farm and so forth. And uh, he was a supporter of her right away. So um, uh, Merton, too, is part of this uh, tradition of creativity. And so, of course, as Meister Eckhart, he says that the that we all give birth to the Son of God. He said, what, what good is it to me if Mary gave birth to the Son of God 1,400 years ago, and I don't give birth to the Son of God in my own person, in my own time, in my own culture? We are all meant to be mothers of God, Eckhart said. So clearly that's a, a pretty big a birthing assignment that we all have, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I think it's a powerful one because so many of us deny our own creativity because we've been shamed or criticized. And and so it is like keeping um, God locked up inside of us. Wonderfully said, wonderfully said. You know, there's a wonderful um, Native American painter, now deceased, named David Paladin. He was yes. Navajo. And he said, I'm sick and tired of hearing white people say they're not artists. He said, if you can talk, you're an artist because you're translating your deep, your thoughts and your feelings and convictions into language and that is an art form. So he said, white people have to get over this thing that they're not artists. We are all artists. I, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering, you talk, you titled your book, A Way to God, and why is that the... Um, overriding, um, I guess, meaning that you gave to this book? Well, when I wrote Thomas Merton when I was about 25 years old and I asked him where to study spirituality, he wrote me a, a full-page letter back, and then it, he said this. He said, I'm glad you're working, going to work on spiritual theology. I do think we are lying down on the job when we leave others to investigate mysticism. Well, we concentrate on more practical things. What people want of us, after all, is the way to God. So that's where I got the title of the book. I changed the way to God to our way to God, just a little bit more modest. But um, I got it directly from Merton in his letter to me. And um, I think he's right. I felt it then that um, uh, people, or should I say, People aren't that interested in church arguments and dogmas and and um, ecclesial battles. Uh, they're interested in experience of God. And that's why I wanted to study spirituality in the first place, because spirituality is about the experiential side of religion, not the um, structural, institutional side. And uh, as I said back then, I told my Dominican superiors, 
it was back in about 1965, I was about 24 years old, they said, my generation is going to be less interested in religion and more interested in spirituality. And you have to send someone to study it, and I'm, I'm happy to go, I said. So um, I think that's the case even today, with so many people leaving organized religion, but still seeking a uh, spiritual experience. I agree, and I wanted to ask you about, even though you're talking about how you've come from, and Thomas Merton and um, Meister Eckhart from a Christian um, tradition, you also quote talk about Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, you quote Rabbi Abraham Heschel. I, I get the feeling this is much more ecumenical than um, specific to a particular um, belief system. Well, absolutely. You know, as, I've, as I wrote in my book, The Coming of the Cosmic Christ, there's no such thing as a Roman Catholic rainforest and a Buddhist ocean and a Lutheran sun and a Baptist moon uh, and an atheist river. Uh, once all our religions get a little humble and replace themselves um, in the context of the sacredness of creation and not just in, in the context of uh, propagandizing or trying to convert other people, um, then we'll be in a healthier place. And so uh, clearly um, the, we have to move beyond sectarianism and living in boxes. And I, I call that movement deep ecumenism. Uh, others talk about interfaith or interspirituality. And Thomas Merton was a pioneer in all of this. Remember, it was Suzuki, Japanese Buddhist Zen teacher, who told uh, Merton that he should read Meister Eckhart, the one great Zen thinker of the West. And then, as I've proven in my recent book on Meister Eckhart, uh, Kumar Swami, the Hindu, says reading Eckhart is like reading the Upanishads. Well, that's an ultimate uh, compliment coming from a Hindu. And then um, uh, Eckhart is very Buddhist. There are whole pastors in Eckhart that look like they're a Buddhism, pure Buddhism, yet he never read a, a Buddhist book or met a Buddhist in his life. But he plummeted into the depths of his own experience as a Christian and a mystic, and he found truths that the Buddhists have also found. So um, uh, definitely the creation spiritual tradition is uh, very deeply ecumenical. And Merton himself was a pioneer. On his last journey, to, which was a journey to Asia, he met the Dalai Lama, who was only 33 years old at the time, and uh, they became friends very fast. He also was close to Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist, who in fact nominated Merton for a Nobel Peace Prize. And Merton was close to Rabbi Heschel, and uh, Rabbi Zalman Schachner visited him several times in the monastery. And so... Um, Merton was a, was really a pioneer because he was doing all this in the '60s, uh, way ahead of uh, of a lot of other people um, in finding the common uh, wisdom that is held among all the uh, the world traditions uh, at the deepest level of mystical experience and prophetic action. So Merton is a champion in that regard. Um, and, and I love that. Uh, aspect of all of this because it brings us together rather than dividing us. Exactly, and that's so important. And today, you know, our species needs all the wisdom it can get. So why wouldn't it look um, to all the wisdom traditions in trying to draw out what's most valuable and most useful, uh, both in terms of practice and in terms of um, 
of uh, constructs and, and ideas. Um, that's what what I've tried to do in my book, One River, Many Wells. Um, I talk about that, how uh, God is a great underground river, uh, my Strachart says, but I say there are many wells into the river. There's a Sufi well and a Jewish well and a Hindu well and a Buddhist well and a Christian well and indigenous well. All that should be respected, <clears throat> but we shouldn't confuse the wells with the river. And we, we go to war over the wells, over which, my team versus your team, and we forget that the goal in any religion is to go deep and to find that river that is a river of wisdom and divinity, and that is, is what we, um, where we join forces, and that's where we, we uh, meet each other at the well. Um, another image that Father B. Griffiths used to give, he was a monk in India for over 50 years, a Catholic monk, uh, running an ashram there that was very Hindu in its, in its style. Um, he used to say that um, we will meet in the cave of the heart. In the cave of the heart, all religions come together. But the level of dogmas and doctrines, uh, uh, you know, we could be, we can argue forever. Yeah, but we're not here to argue forever. We're here to meet, and you meet in the cave of the heart. And that I, I was think, that was is the perfect um, segue to what I was thinking, which was that it's it, it it allows us to have compassion and connection and um, and love for each other rather than hatred and um, and anger and competition. Absolutely, you know, like the Dalai Lama says, we can do away with all religion, but we can't do away with compassion. Compassion is my religion, he says. Well, Jesus says something similar, didn't he, in Luke 6, be you compassionate as you created in heaven is compassionate. And, of course, he got that from his Jewish lineage, and in the Jewish tradition, compassion is the secret name for God. And um, in the Koran, uh, by far the most uh, common expression for Allah is Allah, the compassionate one. So all our religions teach compassion, and that's where we should be meeting, uh, at the level of compassion. And that includes, of course, uh, work for justice, uh, including eco-justice. And um, uh, we have to um, uh, get together on that, even this latest... Um, tragedy in Orlando, uh, obviously it's related to homophobia, uh, to the fact that um, there are religions still, and, and the Vatican is one of them, and Islam is another, that, that force um, uh, gay and lesbian people uh, to uh, find it very difficult to love themselves and to be themselves. And while great strides have been made and with our, in our country and other countries in terms of gay marriage and so forth, still uh, this situation exists. And remember, this is a Latino uh, club, and of course uh, many of the, the victims were from Puerto Rico or, and, and Latino countries that are heavily Catholic, but where they had to escape to be themselves, uh, to be gay. And... Um, uh, that's part of the tragedy here, and I don't think enough of the news media is picking up on this. Our, some of the politicians who are trying to whip up more fear uh, talk only about the Muslim thing. Uh, but the truth is, this was also a attack 
against um, gay people, and what's coming out is the person who did the attack was probably gay himself, and so he, he had learned to hate himself. That was part of his growing up as a Muslim, and his father was clearly, um, firstly, anti-gay. He, he made the comment after his son killed over 50 people and, and seriously injured another 50, that a God will punish homosexuals um, when it, uh, after, after their death or something like that. So um, we have to understand how deeply rooted this, this hatred and teaching of self-hatred uh, around sexuality is in so many of our religious traditions, and it, it has to stop. Science has spoken. This, this is the Galileo case of our time. Science has spoken. 8% of any given human population is going to be gay or lesbian, and we've counted 464 other species with gay and lesbian populations. So uh, while it's a minority, uh, being gay is not uh, unnatural. It's very natural to a, to a minority. Thank you. Thank you so much for raising that. I, I was going to ask you about it, and I really appreciate your bringing it up. And let's go to break, and we'll continue the discussion when we return. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It continues to be a gift that helps my clients heal more profoundly and at a more rapid rate than would normally be expected. Now in your paper, write down how you're going to begin engaging in your unique creativity. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Matthew Fox to talk more about creation spirituality. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214 208 3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214 208 83533 or visit paulajoyce.com today. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down how you're going to begin engaging in your unique creativity. And I'm so glad we're here with Matthew Fox talking about creation spirituality. And he can be reached at matthewfox.org. Um, for those of you who want more information, uh, thank you so much for raising the topic of Orlando. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about it and what the res- how creation spirituality helps to inform us, to help us to heal from this, to understand it, to cope with it. Well, first of all, of course, we have to acknowledge that evil happens and evil exists, and it is um, brought about through the um, uh, the bad decisions that we make. We talked earlier about our creativity as a species and how wonderful it is, but it's also very dangerous, of course. Thomas Aquinas, a great 13th century theologian, <coughs> said that one human being can do more evil than all the other species put together. That's really a mouthful. And he said that 800 years before Stalin or Hitler or Pol Pot. And that is because, as a species, we are so creative. We are so full of imagination that we can um, uh, take that imagination to build gas ovens, for example, um, to destroy people who are victims of our scapegoating, or to build more and more nuclear weapons and... and, um, ways to distribute them and so forth. So we have to keep our our powers of creativity in check insofar as they have to be steered toward justice and compassion, as we talked about earlier, and, and not toward vengeance and uh, the work of the reptilian brain. Now here is where um, Thomas Merton is very strong. He has a wonderful poem uh, that I think helps to name what went on this weekend. Uh, and the poem is called... Uh, first lesson about man, and here it goes. Man begins in zoology. He is the saddest animal. He drives a big red car called anxiety. Whenever he goes to the phone to call joy, he gets the wrong number. Therefore, he likes weapons. Now notice, therefore, he likes weapons. He knows all guns by their right name. Man is the saddest animal. He begins in zoology and gets lost in his own bad news. Now, this poem, I think, really speaks to what happened last weekend. Why are people so bent on, the, on having these crazy weapons that can kill only other people? It's because uh, they are out of touch with real joy. They're driving a big red car called anxiety. And um, this raises a whole question of whether we shouldn't, as a society, be investing far more money in, t- in science and and um, uh, research 
into the human condition. You see, um, notice that this fellow, in the middle of killing 50 people, um, made a phone call on his, on his iPhone. Now, what I want to stress is that every gadget that Silicon Valley invents ends up in the hands of ISIS and in the hands of crazy people like this, killers like, like this guy. Um, therefore, we have to realize, first of all, um, technology is not going to save the human race. Um, it, in fact, it's made things worse insofar as uh, communication is swifter and uh, guns are, are bigger and more deadly. So <clears throat> I kind of think Silicon Valley should, first of all, recognize that it is part of this murder um, and that it should tax itself and take that tax to put money into exploring more, the kind of things Thomas Burton is talking about, Meister Eckhart is talking about, and that is a psycho-spiritual dimension of humanity, that we are lost, and that's why we're out of touch with joy, we're out of touch with the deeper knowledge of ourselves, we get uh, distracted by these gee whiz gadgets coming out every year from Silicon Valley, but no one's really putting money into exploring how you heal the human condition. And yet people like Merton and these other mystics are, are telling us how to do the healing. And this is universal. It's not just Western mystics, but the Dalai Lama and others too. They are technologies. Tech, uh, meditation is one of them. There are ways to tame the reptilian brain. But there's so little money available for this. I mean, I have schools. I've had, I've created rituals. Ritual is a shortcut to healing people and to bringing communities together and dealing with intergenerational wisdom, getting people to celebrate together, find that joy together that Merton says we, we always dial and never get the right number for. So to me, this is a, a challenge I throw at Silicon Valley. It's time to think beyond just the newest gadget. And also, a lot of young people are being seduced by these gadgets, as if gadgets are going to save us. They will not. Merton says that, you know, we can fly to the moon and to Venus, he says, but uh, even ants can fly. The question is, uh, we should take this deeper, more important, and more difficult journey into ourselves and find out uh, what's making us tick and what is driving us to fear and to hatred and to scapegoating and to resentment and to violence. That's really powerful. And, and I think you gave us a clue earlier before the break when you talked about this um, young man who committed this horrific act of violence, not loving himself, not respecting himself, not allowing himself to be who he is. Exactly. And from that comes uh, hatred toward everyone. Exactly, exactly. Jesus said it all in one sentence. He said, love others as you love yourself. Well, how can you love others if you hate yourself? And uh, this is what's going on, and this self-hatred is being taught by organized religion all over the world. And it has to stop. And uh, science can help because... Uh, as I said, it's just laid, laid out the fact that 8% uh, uh, of the population is going to be gay. Now, I just, uh, my, my book on evil just came out in a new edition with an updated preface, and um, <clears throat> uh, Deepak Chopper wrote a forward to it, and he makes this very important point in the second paragraph of his, of his forward. He says, 
the question of evil is the most important question in spirituality today, and it cannot be uh, put under the rug. He said that, um, uh, you know, the human race just uh, escaped annihilation by the skin of its teeth in the 20th century, and we have to look harder at evil. And he says that um, just because millions of people are leaving organized religion does not mean that we're dealing more effectively with evil. So that's a really powerful point to make, I think, that um, spirituality itself must, must step up and explore the issue of evil. And in my book, it's called Sins of the Spirit, Blessings of the Flesh, Transforming Evil in Soul and Society. I come up with a new language about evil. I compare the seven chakras of the East to the seven capital sins of the West because the chakras are ways to identify our strength and our, our goodness, our powers of love, seven of them uh, within all of us. And, but the, the, um, uh, the sins of the Spirit are about misdirected love. That's how Christ defines sin as misdirected love. So um, you might say then the seven capital sins would be like um, uh, chakras that are off-center. And so this gives us a whole new language to look at these subjects of evil and hatred and fear and envy that, um, that drive us to do the worst things that we do. That even, I mean, envy is the source of most wars, for example. And um, so I deal with that in, the, in that book. And I think it's very important that we have a public discussion now on evil, our capacity for evil, how it's related to our capacity for, for creativity and for good. And... Um, and what we can do about it, because I gather in that book a lot of profound thinkers over the centuries who have some real good answers for us. Um, for example... So, um, uh, before you get into the examples, we're really really at the end of this part of the show and the beginning of a new show, I hope. Will you come back and talk to us about this? <laughs> sure, I can come back another time. We can talk more about this, sure. Yeah. I, I would truly love that. Um, I say it with humor, but I would love to do that. So thank you so very much for sharing your vast knowledge and wisdom with us. Um, thank and, you, and, Paula. And thank you for having a program like this where we can talk about these important things together. Thank you. I look forward to the next one. You have a beautiful day. Thank you. Um, And I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Matthew Fox's book and go to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse Through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing, the OM awakening, and the ultimate creative problem-solving process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels and thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with 
with my clients. My, con- my process connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Click on the link to register for my next workshop, Creativity is Self-Expression. Then go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself. If you have a question about a difficulty in your life, an inspirational story, or something you want to share, please leave a phone message at 214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my ultimate creative problem-solving process. Just click on the meetup icon on my website page. Please join us next Thursday when Peter Dennis comes to talk with us about spirituality, a practical guide. So a continuation of our discussion today. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.